Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode of Reach is brought to you by our sponsor, Jackie, another secret weapon that executive assistants and women who do it all need to know about. You guys all know that feeling, right? Staring at your closet and thinking to yourself, I have so many clothes and yet nothing to wear. That is why Jackie is here. Jackie is a high-end boutique subscription styling service that you apply to join. What I love about Jackie is you get to develop a relationship with your stylist. Your stylist is someone you can text or call or email with specific wardrobe needs or ideas you have. Or maybe there's an upcoming event or trip or meeting or even a wedding that your ex is going to be at that you really, really, really want to look fantastic for. Those are exactly the types of scenarios a Jackie subscription can help with. Each box from Jackie is filled with high quality clothing and accessories. Jackie is here to help all of us embrace our style and our confidence. This is subscription styling done right for the women who do it all. So apply to join Jackie and fall in love with your style this year. Visit shopjackie.com to apply to join and be sure to tell your stylist Maven sent you with code MAVEN20 for 20% off all the items kept in your first box. Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reach. I am your host, founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group, Jessica Van, and I have Chantal Perez in the studio with me today. Good morning, Chantal. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Very Thank you for good. getting me out of my PJs. Ah, and you look so uh, so un-PJ like she, everybody. She's like interview ready. Let me tell you. And we're actually going to be talking about interviewing during COVID. And I wouldn't be surprised if you left the studio and marched into an interview and killed it because oh. you look so interview ready. Thank you. Um, Chantelle is here to share her experience and tips for job searching as an executive assistant in the midst of COVID. Um, I know this topic is particularly sensitive and apropos in the current climate. And so I want to especially thank Chantelle for stepping up to the plate. This is a big, this is a big hairy topic um, that she has generously offered to, to take on and also share her own experiences of. Um, Chantelle was most recently an executive assistant at Piper Jaffray, which for those who don't know, is a multinational investment banking firm. And she worked there for nearly five years. A uh, fun fact about Chantal is that she is also on the board of the Admin Awards, which I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with. So if you're applying to win, it's definitely a good thing you're listening today so you can get on her good side. <laughs> Make sure to like her podcast. Uh, in all seriousness, no, we, we really hope that today's conversation is going to uh, really demonstrate the collective reality and just the collective circumstance that a lot of people are facing right now, um, whether you're an executive assistant or, you know, something else altogether. And um, we're hoping that by hearing um, Chantal's story, uh, it will offer some encouragement and ideas for how to really prevail during this time. So once again, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And let's get started. So um, to kick us off, 
can you share with us how you're currently approaching your job search? Well, primarily it's been through old recruiting contacts. That's um, how I've, I've reached out to every recruiter that I've ever used since I've been in the EA business here in San Francisco. I'm originally from New York, so um, the last six years for me um, in recruitment has been very important um, in the process to me being able to uh, find that right fit. Uh, and it also pushes me ahead uh, in that process to, to have a recruiter behind me. So that's first and foremost. Applying directly to the company is also very helpful. If there's anybody that you've ever dreamed of working for, go directly to the company website and look at their job information to see if there's anything available in that realm as well. I've also uh, I've gone to friends, um, anybody in the sector of EA or hospitality or facilities coordinator, which is primarily what my skill set is. I mean, it doesn't hurt just to to ask the people that are still employed. Uh, I've got friends in human resources that work for the Hilton. I've got uh, directors of beverage and catering that are also in the hospitality service. So um, just kind of being open-minded and looking um, in that direction as well. So between LinkedIn and the recruitment are my primary resources. Okay, great. So... Reaching out to your network, always a good move. Reaching out to reliable recruiting contacts, always a good move. And then direct to company. Uh huh. And then also reaching out directly to companies that you want to work for. Um, and I think that you know what I what I would say about that strategy is you know none of these things are mutually exclusive, right? I, I think that the idea here is that you cast a really wide net. And so I think that covering both of those um, buckets and, and making sure that you're, that you're doing both is going to ensure the best visibility for your, for your background. And, you know, again, like I, I've said this before, and I, I, really, I really do stand by it, that it helps so much, especially now, to have the advocacy and the help with positioning your, your story. Um, it there's there's no substitute for that when you're you know when you're applying blindly there's no one to really package you and really be your PR person and the difference when you have an agency that can can help support you is that they can tell that story and they can breathe life into what is otherwise a very like one dimensional piece of paper right that doesn't that doesn't capture you you have to do all of it you know it's all of the above it's not an it's not an or discussion. It's an and discussion. Absolutely, and I have to tell you, the the last of that rank would be a direct to company. is It's a top tier one, two, three is going to be recruiter first, LinkedIn second, direct to company. Because a lot of those direct to companies, I mean, you you are getting dumped into a pool. It's like a conveyor belt. <laughs> And if there's and and pay attention to your to the word your resume, because if there are any kind of uh, spelling mistakes or anything like that, that's just an automatic you you just lost because you put in manger instead of manager. Yeah. Oh, that's such a common one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So um, how has your approach to landing a role changed, if at all? 
during during this time? I mean, is this are these the same strategies you would have used in in other years, or are you making any kind of modifications to your approach? I would definitely say that I'm still using the same type of approach. It takes time to hear back from people, whereas normally, like, you might apply to something and it would get a response within two days. It's taking two weeks, three weeks, because I feel like people are really sitting on the rest of this year to determine what their plan for 2021 is going to be. And so it's even though my approach remains the same, I I don't feel like I could be any more aggressive. I mean, the only thing that I could do is stand on a highway with a sign that says (laughs) out of work executive assistant. (laughs) And I have to try to reinvent myself to do more, to to tell them that I can do more, Mm -hmm. like facilities management, Mm -hmm. like events and things like that. And uh, making sure that uh, I just try to reinvent what I can do aside from expenses and travel. Yeah. And I think that's, um, that's exactly right. And that, that was a question that I had as far as like, do you feel like employers are looking for different skills or prioritizing different skill sets during this, during this time? Um, because to your point, right? I mean, for a lot of, for, for most executives, travel has really come to a halt. Um, and obviously, as executive assistants, a lot of what you know we would have done would have been to facilitate those those travel arrangements and and make sure that they had everything ready to go and line up the meetings and all this kind of stuff. So that's a, a big portion of the role that's now become temporarily, um, you know, come to a, come to a stop. Right. So it's like, so what else do you need to fill your time with, and how else can you talk about? the value that you can bring. Um, because I, I do think that the discussion has to pivot a little bit to really create a compelling um, case for, you know, for why you're needed. So what are you doing in that regard? Or have you found that, um, you know, certain employers are responding better to certain types of conversations than others? Definitely. I feel as though the virtual platform is going to be a definite, important future perspective in any given resume that you apply. People, questions that I've received in interviews would involve, can you set up a Zoom call for, you know, virtually video for 250 people at a time? This is not just like a one and two person thing. So you need to know exactly what you're doing in terms of uh, the virtual platform and also being able to troubleshoot because, you used to be able to have an IT person that you could run down the hall and knock on the door when there's any kind of troubleshooting issues that occur. And now that's not the case. You are the troubleshooter. So you kind of need to step in and uh, get that training in for yourself. And that's a self-motivated thing. They're expecting you to have it. And I I think that um, I love the point that you made about the Zoom functionality or, you know, whatever platform platform. your your boss is using. Um, that's so important. I mean, do you know how to set up a webinar, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're if your boss is looking to you know get in front of a uh, hundred individuals to give a talk that they would normally have given in a conference setting or what have you, do you know how to make that happen? And if you don't, now is the time to get yourself an account <laughs> on Zoom or whatever the case may be and figure that out. Right? Play with it, experiment with it. We need to have that kind of functionality to be relevant right now. Um, similarly, like being able to speak to your independence and how you're able to. Um, 
you know, navigate tech issues independently, knowing that you are probably working alone, right? So they need to hear that from you. I think there's a number of things that because one thing has been taken off of our plate doesn't mean that other things haven't replaced it. And so like, for instance, things that we hear a lot of are that people feel um, unbelievably um, drained and exhausted. And so I think that helping to really create a sense of balance for your executives right now is so important. And so maybe the conversation has, is shifting and maybe it's that you're not spending all of your time arranging travel, but you are helping them to better triage all the different things that are going on in their life. Maybe you're taking more of a um, of a, of a health and wellness angle to how you're supporting. Maybe you're being more involved in how, um, how the direct reports and how the teams are coping. Maybe your role is being more of a buffer in helping to make sure and, and take, you know, take survey of how people's well-being is, right? And kind of reading the room or reading the virtual room um, because we've lost the ability to do those things in person and, and to really be able to check in with each other um, easily. And so being more intentional about having those check-ins, maybe it means that you need to help your boss to be more intentional. You know, maybe before they were able to get by with a once a quarter check-in with their team members, but now in the current environment, that's no longer enough, right? People need more reassurance. They just need more. They need, they need more time. They need more support. So I think like these are just cert- like small examples of ways that, your role can morph and you can become still a support, but maybe a different type of support. Definitely. I would agree to that wholeheartedly. It is really, really hard to bring your senior level managing directors around to your junior level team members. It was hard enough when we were in the office. And now the level of disconnect, especially because we have these managing directors scrambling we, we had such a surplus of, of great industry, great success over the last couple of years. And then all of a sudden, it's like this here comes around. And I think everybody's just a little bit uh, disheartened and frustrated. And so that's why it's a great idea to, on a monthly basis, I used to do a happy hour for the team. And now it's a virtual happy hour for mm-hmm. the team on mm-hmm. Zoom. You know what I mean? Like things like that. Like to be able to get the social aspect of people communicating and seeing each other and like that we're all human. Yeah. And and circling it back around to that. And it's also like I feel as though it's kind of hard to read some of senior level, you know, C-suite people. They especially when it's a it's a stressful time. So. What I can ever, what I can receive, I try to take back around and jot those ideas down to see, oh, well, we had this call today and this person was disheartened by a deal that didn't go through. Well, you know, who, who, was, who was the associate working on that deal? And reaching out to that person on an individual basis and saying, hey, how are you doing? Like, what can I do for you? in terms of moving forward and getting on to the next thing. Because it really can be isolating. This entire mm-hmm. situation can be extremely isolating. Mm-hmm. And so teamwork and effort and just being – its that's a job as an EI. It's your job to smile. It doesn't matter if you're having the worst day, you smile. 
at all times. And you be that positive force and that that driving force that that moves things forward. And it, you know, it's you're not you're not uh, the operational person in the situation, but you are helping to drive that operation. Yeah, I I, I agree. And so I, I think it's not it's not so much a, a a case of oh my role has become irrelevant, but it's that my role has morphed. And so now the conversation needs to be, okay, so how am I going to adjust? And and if you think of yourself as a support person, then support needs to be supporting in the current ecosystem and the current set of circumstances that you're working with. The support may change, but the need for the support does not go away. And and my my argument and and certainly this has proven the case with all of the clients that have continued to to demand and require support is that they need it now more than ever. Mm-hmm. I have not heard anybody say, "Oh, pfft, I'm great. I'm coasting." Don't I'm, be afraid about I'm a Siri chilling. assistant. Yeah. I'm, Don't be afraid <laughs> that of the Siri that you're going to be replaced by a Siri. No. no. That's never that's no, not that, happening. That, that's not the case. But but there is a case here for really rethinking how you package yourself and how you market yourself. And so, you know, yes, to your point, Chantal, executives need to be more deliberate in how they work with their teams right now, that it takes more effort to make people feel connected, validated, not alone, supported. So maybe you have to be more intentional. Maybe you have to be more more proactive in scheduling that time, having those pulse conversations to see, hey, how you doing? How you feeling? Where where are we at with this? Right? It's that that we have to work at collaboration. Um, it's just not it's just not available in the same way that it was. So that to me is a perfect example for where an EA can come in and add value. And I think maybe <laughs> even, you know, thinking about when you when you go into the interviews, um, thinking about having like, okay, what what is kind of like this wellness kit that I'm going to offer to my executive? And part of the wellness kit is, you know, making sure that they themselves are taken care of, that they're not um exhausted, that they're not, you know, overwhelmed by whatever's going on in their life, because who knows what their circumstance may be. Maybe they have three kids at home, and they're trying to juggle that. Maybe in order for them to do their job well right now, they need better support resources. Maybe you need to help them navigate a return to school. Maybe they have questions about, you know, what are the, the, the protocols, and maybe they need somebody to contact the school and figure out, you know, what needs to be done um, for their child to return to school, right? I mean, you, you just never know what circumstances are presenting. So I think just, again, like thinking about your role as, as, as supplying a wellness kit and kind of a lifeline for what they need right now. So maybe it's personal and it's helping them on the personal front. Maybe it's helping them to better manage their, their team and their, and their direct reports and their team relations. Maybe it's helping them to, you know, project manage or, or rethink how they're conducting their businesses during times like this, because the usual ways of, you know, of meeting and doing business development and closing deals or whatever the case may be have changed. So it's, it's really incumbent upon the executive assistant to put on her thinking cap or his thinking cap and, and, and offer those solutions. Because I think people want solutions. And I, as I said, you know, I, I don't think that anyone is sitting back right now saying, I've got the playbook for this. I think everybody is looking for resources and solutions and help. 
Absolutely. People are, are definitely writing that playbook right now. And I, and I will say uh, that in uh, speci- specifications for um, jobs that I've applied for, they are asking for more as opposed to just uh, in office, they're asking for PA as well. So it's like half, like maybe 20 PA and 70 exec assistant, you know, mm-hmm. office work, mm-hmm. but they are definitely asking for the personal stuff as well. Yeah. But I, I think no matter what, um, when you enter into these conversations, right, you, you have to approach it from understanding your value versus being fearful that your value has has been eroded. It's It's rather like getting really clear in your own head about what your value is currently. Because I think that if you're coming from a place of fear or coming from a place of like, oh, everything I used to do is not as important and therefore, you know, I'm not, I'm not needed, that's going to come across, right? That they're, they're going to read that right away. But if you take the time as part of your preparation to, to really get clear about how you can bring value right now and to really think about and put yourself in the position of the executive right now, like just take a moment to, to walk in their shoes and visualize what are their needs how are they how are they dealing how how do they need help coping right now and you approach the process from that point of view i think it could really be a game changer and you know to your point you know if there are fewer opportunities right now then all the more reason why that preparation piece is is more vital than it's ever been right youtube is my best friend <laughs> what are you doing on youtube there are a million tutorials if you go into interviews and and COVID change. There's a million things out there that you can go and look at videos. They're they're not long. They're like ten to twenty minutes long. And if you're not doing anything, then why wouldn't you be doing something to just kind of train yourself? Yeah. Uh, for what the what God knows how long this is going to be going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that it's it's definitely a trend that is going to be sticking around when it comes to. Uh, being the incumbent for so, from a work from home position or something like that, you know, being that that central person, I uh, I do believe that, especially since the footprint of real estate and what people now know that they can do working from home and are kind of shying away from mm-hmm. renewing their leases and things like that. This mm-hmm. is my facilities side. Sure, yeah. Um, that would definitely. Um, set a trend that is this isn't going away like you might not be in the office full time five days a week anymore for a long time Mm -hmm. yeah and again depending upon the size of the company that you're interviewing with Mm -hmm. is there a role that you as an ea can play in figuring out those conversations i mean it's, it's one thing if you have you know a head of workforce planning and you know, directors of HR and this and that and, and, and people who are, you know, heads of facilities are having these conversations. But if, if, you're, if you're entering into a smaller environment where they're a little bit more bootstrapped, maybe it is the role of the EA to figure out these things. Maybe it is the role of the EA to think about how we're going to modify the work, the workforce plan if there is going to be a return to work. You know, are we going to be giving up some of the space? Are we going to be adopting a smaller footprint? What types of modifications do we need to make to the work? 
to the work environment to to facilitate that? Do we want to supplement that with, you know, like, um, you know, like a breather space or things like that where you rent it once a month for the team to come together? I mean, there's there's so many additional factors and 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 considerations that come into play when we start thinking in that way. So again, just seeing yourself as as a resource across across all fronts really frees you up to be um, to, to, to really be that much more empowered and that much more you know vital um, in, Absolutely. You know, in and you can, you, you can do all of this for free. You know, there's resources available to you that if you, you just Google something, if you're thinking about it, look for it. And I guarantee you're going to find it. And it doesn't mean that you have to go back to school to get another degree. It doesn't mean that you have to do all of these, you know, hoops and jumps. It, it's it, as simple as watching a tutorial on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So have you noticed any, because obviously when you're interviewing, right, there's there's the standard questions that you can always expect to get, right? Like they've been around forever. Are there, are there new questions that you're getting that, that you've encountered from employers that are maybe... Um, unexpected or that other listeners might might in, like appreciate hearing from you that they can go oh okay i wasn't i wasn't preparing for that but i should be absolutely if you put something on your resume be prepared to be asked a question about it it's going to happen i was asked i had an interview with a company that asked me if you had 25 people relocating to a new space and how – and I, I have facilities coordinator on my resume, but it's been a while since I've been full force into it. How would you relocate those 2,500 people and what would you do and how would you handle the process? I mean, I was literally like a deer in headlights when I was asked that question because that's an – you know, that's a lot of intensive thinking and so there was a lot of awkward silence in that moment when I was answering that question because I wasn't prepared for it. And relying on your recruiter, that's like why I love to have job interviews through a recruiter because you have a half an hour conversation with them on the phone briefing you for exactly what to expect. And what about the experience of interviewing over Zoom versus in person, right? Obviously, that's that, that could be a new experience for some. Um, have you found that certain just are there certain things that you should be mindful of when you are interviewing over zoom versus when you are interviewing in person yes you have to find a place in your home or wherever it is that you're going to take this interview and make sure that it has the best lighting ladies wear your makeup because it makes a difference when you're in the lighting of the camera and you look like like ghastly. It's it's uh, it's definitely <laughs> YouTube is also good for makeup tutorials. <laughs> in addition exactly. to interview tips, it's good for everything. Good for everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I had a client recently, and I thought this was a really nice way of her warming up the conversation because I do think that again just as we were talking about having to be more intentional with your teams and being more deliberate with how you reach out to people, the same holds for interviewing over Zoom, right? You have to make more effort to not feel as sterile. Um, you know, all of the nice kind of little pleasantries that might have happened very naturally when you walked into an office before. Oh, you know, what a lovely, um, you know, lobby this is. Or, the, you know, all of those things you can't really comment on now, right? They're just sort of not not available. So it's like, well, how else do we kind of diffuse 
the the situation and how do we make people feel comfortable and how do we warm up the room and I and so I, I had one client that um, was asking candidates um, as her very first opener question she said so you know what have you been binge watching on Netflix during this time and it just it had the effect of just really putting people at ease and it was just I mean obviously most everybody has been you know has been binge watching something and it made for a really relatable moment in the in the interview. So I would encourage you guys to also think about things like that, right? Like how can we just be a little bit more familiar and a little bit less, you know, um, feel a little bit less distanced. So obviously this, this whole conversation has been about advice that you have for other EAs. But if you had to really prioritize kind of your top three pieces of advice or um, top three recommendations for uh, executive assistants who are interviewing right now who have been laid off or searching, or if they haven't been laid off but are just searching for something new, what would your your best pieces of advice for this time be? Number one is patience. Don't expect to get an answer from something that you applied for a day ago, a week ago, two weeks ago. It could be a month from now. Just because the job is out there doesn't mean that you're going to get the response immediately like it was when everything was booming. I would definitely be thinking outside of the box in terms of your application process. I've done everything as looking to PG&E to be an assistant. Just because I'm a financial background doesn't mean that I can't think outside of the box and be an assistant in a different industry. Don't give up on that. Uh, number three, I would say make sure that you do your research on the companies and the people that you are interviewing with. Uh, that is definitely going to be an important factor, especially when you are in a situation where you're not going to be able to meet the person in person. I also want to just add that um, there's definitely organizations and companies who also see this time as an opportunity, Um, meaning that if the plan for these companies was always to grow and to create a foothold, you know, we we happen to be sitting here in San Francisco having this conversation, but it could be anywhere, right? But if, if that company's plan was always to create a foothold in, let's say, the Bay Area, you know, now could actually be considered an opportune time, right? Because real estate is available at, you know, at, at reduced, at very reduced rates. There's an abundance of, of square footage to choose from. So they have an advent, an advantage in terms of negotiating and also just in terms of inventory, right? So there's also companies that are using this time to think strategically about expanding their operations. And, you know, we had an organization reach out just this week that was doing exactly that. So I think that you also really need to manage your anxiety during this time. Um, And when I say you, I'm just I'm speaking generally that I, I think it's really easy to kind of go down a rabbit hole of fear and catastrophizing. I mean, I Somebody could call in and, 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 and correct me on this, but I think for the most part, catastrophizing very rarely leads to the best 
outcome and very rarely puts you in the headspace that's going to allow you to move forward successfully. So again, like I think that for, yes, you know, there are realities and, and we can't fight those realities. And this has been a very difficult time on many people, but there are also opportunities out there. And, and I think that it's really important to, to attach yourself to that and attach yourself to how can I, you know, um, take advantage of, of what is out there and be the most thoughtful and strategic. And I, I really like the example that you gave earlier of, you know, of, of working your network and, you know, having been at such a large company like a Piper Jaffrey that you've probably interfaced with so many bankers, associates, managing directors over the years who've possibly gone on to other organizations or found their own firms or whatever the case may be, you know, reach out to them. But not only that, make it easy for them to help you. So I think that taking the additional step of, let's say, this you know, MD that you worked with a couple of years ago now works for company XYZ, go to company XYZ's website. Does company XYZ have any job searches right now that are relevant to you? Oh, they do. Fantastic. Take the link, copy it, send it to your MD, say, hey, wonderful to blah, 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 right? Great to see that you're doing well. Remember the good old days we used to have when yada, yada, yada was going on. And oh, by the way, you know, I'm looking for a role and happen to see that your organization is hiring in this area. Do you think you could make an introduction, right? So make it easy for them rather than just reaching out to them and saying, hey, I'm looking for a job. That's one thing. It's another thing to say, I'm looking for a job and I see that you're connected to this hiring manager or, oh, I see that, you know, your organization is hiring. Make it easy. Make it a layup for them, right? Absolutely. So as as we wrap up... Um, I have one final question, which is what we ask all of our guests, um, which is, if you could support anyone throughout the course of history, who would you choose and why? Well, first of all, in honor of Veterans Day, thank you to all those EAs out there who, for your service, if you are a veteran, and to all the family members of those who have served in the military. And so I took a long and hard thought about this one because kind of hard to know like you know you could say anybody from like the distant past but I kind of like to live in the present so Tulsi Gabbard who was uh, congressional um, on the congressional committee in from 2012 on and was a 2020 presidential candidate we didn't see very much of her because there was so much going on in the Democratic Party we had like five eight people running but she was the first female combat Uh, she worked in the medical unit Mm. Um, in the National Army Reserve um, in the early 2000s. And she just speaks with such grace. So that's my girl. Yeah, Tulsi Gabbard. Look her up. She's amazing. Love that. And I love that we've never heard of her on this program. So that's a great new one for us to be aware of. She's a Hawaiian. She's Samoan. Beautiful. (laughs) Great. Well, Chantel, thank you. I know this is... uh, this is a, you know, this is a, this is a moment, right? It's a moment that we are all going through collectively as a society, as a human race, as an economy, as executive assistants. It, this is a moment. And I think just like taking a moment, even virtually, to just like hold, reach out and hold somebody's hand and just make a little circle, right? A little circle of solidarity and just know that you are not alone. You personally are not alone. Some of our listeners who are you know, hearing this, who may be going through a similar situation, are not alone. And that you know, taking the time to really plan 
plan your strategy around how you want to navigate things, how you want to tweak your story, how you may want to tweak your skill set or shore up certain skill sets. Like those are really important things to be doing right now. And just not buying into the despair, I think, is as is as important, if not more important than all of the other things, right? It's just really staying in a healthy mindset and in a positive mindset and in a, uh, a solution mindset, right? So Absolutely. thanks for sharing this. I know, I know it's a big one. Um, so I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, We're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.